Okay, I am recording now, so you can go whenever. All right, I am rolling. Sweet. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Heart Guy Media Podcast. This is Action Movie January, Action Movie Month, what have you, whatever you want to call it, whatever little moniker we're going to stick on it. Uh, <laughs> this is week three, and we are covering 1985s. We're dead nuts. In the middle of the 1980s, uh, <laughs> we're covering Commando with the one, the only, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And today, my guest to cover this with me is Mr. Ben Deedles from Neon Brainiacs. Ben, say hello. What is up, man? Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on your show, especially to talk about this fucking awesome movie. So, yeah. <laughs> This this is an action movie opus. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is just. Uh, I mean, it's a it's it's a really interesting time. Obviously, with uh, before we dive into it, for anybody that's unfamiliar with yourself, uh, your partner in crime, Greg, uh, explain what Neon Brainiacs is to anybody that has not heard of you. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, like you said, my name is Ben Deedles. I'm uh, filmmaker, actor, musician, and also podcaster. And um, yeah, I co-host the podcast Neon Brainiacs with uh, my good friend Greg Harrington. Um, we do exclusively 80s horror. So we talk about a different movie every week and basically break it down beat by beat, scene by scene, uh, kind of goof on it. Uh, make fun of things, also like gush over how much we love things too, depending on the movie we're talking about that week. And uh, sometimes we have cool guests on, like uh, like yourself. I know you were on an episode uh, a few months back talking about 976 Evil. Um, so yeah, if, if you guys haven't checked out the show, I mean, and you're fans of uh, Heart God Media, that'd be a good good place to start. I would, uh, if I had to recommend uh, episodes, I would, uh, I would fully and wholeheartedly recommend the Hack a Lantern episode. One because I oh, love yeah. that film. Two, uh, Mr. Ben Deedles here does probably the best Hyde Pike this side of the Mississippi. The powers in the blood, tell me, tell me, grab a pumpkin out of my truck here, tell me. Yeah. If um, you if you don't if you don't cosplay as Hyde Pike next time, <laughs> there's some kind of hack o lantern uh, like reunion or screening. Like I think it's gonna be a travesty if you don't. Yeah. Now I gotta do it. Yeah, I gotta do Hyde Pike, who is somebody like I never even heard of until we watched that movie for the show and apparently like he was in blade runner or something like in the, <laughs> yeah. in the background of a of a shot like and i've seen blade runner a lot and i'm like i've never seen that guy in there and then you know you pull up a screenshot and yeah he's like guy number three in like one of the weird locations in that movie but uh yeah no that's definitely definitely a, a good one yes we do a lot of uh very bad impressions on the show so if, if you're into that kind of thing uh, check it out, yeah. Wherever you get podcasts, uh, every Wednesday, new episodes. So, yeah. Now I'm uh, I'm pumped to finally have you on. I had Greg on for Legacy Week of Halloween Three. Greg, obviously a huge Halloween Three fan, so that was very fitting to have Greg on for that show. And oh, yeah. uh, he's he's bonkers for that movie. He, loves yeah, he, it, so. he really. I was like, I was ecstatic when uh, 
when we were talking about because I was just like, there is, I mean, obviously the fandom for that film has grown, but to find those true blue diehards of that film is really interesting to talk to people like that. And I, I, I'm one of those people. Greg, Greg's fandom is probably a little bigger than mine, but I, I had a, a blast talking with him. And Ben, we're going to have a fucking blast right now talking Commando. What? Yes. What, what a film. And what a, an unapologetic, uh, fun film this is. Is this, uh, now, when was the first time you recall seeing Commando? That's a really good question. Um, so yeah, growing up, uh, my dad was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. So basically like anything that he was in, we were allowed to rent from the video store, even though we were, you know, far too young to see, uh, some of his movies. Um, and I believe the first R-rated movie I ever saw in the theater was definitely Terminator 2. Like, my dad was like, Hell yes. oh, oh, we're going. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're going. Like, he, he bought me, like, there was, like, a, a large amount of merchandise geared towards kids for Terminator 2. Like, you know, like like trading cards and action figures and all that. So, I was already aware of it. And, yeah, he definitely took me to see it. But, but he was, uh, like, if, if Arnold was on the cover, yes, he would rent it. So, definitely this was one that I saw as a kid and liked it. And it was, it was definitely one of these movies that like over time I've grown to appreciate like so much more because I mean, you you could argue this, there's not a whole lot like it, you know I mean? Like the closest thing to this movie would be maybe a couple of the Rambo sequels, but um, it really just like hits the ground running and never stops. And it's, it's fucking fantastic. So, yeah, I was probably a young boy. I would say uh, 9 or 10, I, I would imagine. Yeah, that's what's – um, like I was saying, uh, the word I used was un- unapologetic. The movie knows what it is. The filmmakers knew what the movie was. Arnold knew what the movie was. They didn't try to church it up. They didn't try to like <laughs> real. they weren't really like – you got a storyline there, but it isn't like a concrete, like really intellectual, like story. It's very, it's an easy watch. And that's what I think, especially, well, your podcast, it's, you know, the gold, the eighties are the golden age of horror. And I think to, to a, a, a real degree of, uh, confidence, I can say that the eighties and the early nineties, I think were the golden age of action movies as well. Without a doubt, yeah, I will not argue with you on that one iota. Um, and what's what's brilliant about this movie, and yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not much to it, but you don't need a whole lot for this story. You know, like you just you, you're 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 walking into that theater in 1985. You want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger kick some ass. You want to see some shit blow up. You want some good one-liners. Um, this has it all. I mean, I, I don't know what more you could want. And, yeah, I mean, just to get into a little bit of the the backstory of this, the reason why it is so sort of bare bones is that I believe the head of Fox at the time had just seen Terminator and maybe Conan uh, and was like, hey, this Schwarzenegger guy is going to be a huge star. I will green light anything, <laughs> any script you give me that's under $12 million to make. I, anything, if he's the star, like whatever you got – and they dug around and like try to find like a script for him, and they had one 
written by the guys who wrote Teen Wolf of all fucking scripts. <laughs> they were like, "What about this thing?" And they were like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. This we're doing it." <laughs> and so the the cauldron began to boil, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, we get Vernon Wells, who, uh, you know, uh, Arnold actually became friends with and they remained friends on, on the film, uh, playing like a mercenary Bennett. We got Bill Dukes, who would later two years, uh, two years after this film, would go and appear famously uh, in Predator with Arnold as well. Oh, yeah. Even uh, even did a little directing, too, with uh, Deep Cover with yeah. um, Larry Fishburne. Um yeah, I, I love seeing Bill Duke uh, pop up in movies. He's just got a great screen presence. I love it. And, like, he's, I mean, arguably his best role is Predator, but he's really good as Cook in this movie. Yeah, for sure. And and like I said, uh, we're going to, you know, as we go through this film, something that has stood out to me, and it stood out to me as I started to cover these, but as someone that is a, is a as you said, I think we're we're cut from the same cloth, even though we're mm-hmm. like a, a half a generation apart. Like I'm a little bit younger than you. Uh, I'm thirty, going to be thirty three in a few weeks. But that the father liking Arnold is exactly where my love of Arnold came from. My dad was like, "Oh, fucking new Arnold movie! Oh, it's game yeah. on, game <laughs> game on." Uh, you know, we were going to the video store where you're renting rent, renting these things, and uh, this was definitely like a, a video rental in the early '90s that I had seen. Uh, I, I kind of wasn't familiar with it until probably my early teens, like, you know, familiar, really familiar with it. I remember seeing the cover a million times because it was rented so many times or recorded off HBO. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, this is the, uh, like we said, this is probably the, the film equivalent to Guar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but we got we got uh, Vernon Wells playing Bennett. We got Bill Dukes, uh, Bill Duke. Bill Duke's playing um, uh, uh, playing Cook. Cook. Yeah. So movie starts out. They they steal. <laughs> Cook steals a cat. Or the, first the trash men, and they 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 gun some poor sorry bastard bringing his trash down. Oh, and I love that that one liner uh, from Bill Duke in this. He's got arguably uh, some of the best one liners in the movie. Um, when the guy, you know, he thinks he missed the the trash, you know, and like, what an elaborate setup to kill this guy. Like, they, they had to like steal a fucking like trash fucking truck just to fake this dude out because he wakes up and he's like, oh, is it trash day? I, I, I thought it was on Tuesday or something like that. And then he runs to the curb. He's like, oh, sorry. I thought you guys were going to miss me. He's like, don't worry. We won't. And they just fucking light the yeah. guy up. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> Like like you said, immediately like not not waiting for anything. Immediately just what what are those little? I don't even know what they're they're called. The little uh, machine guns. I don't know what you call that. I can't, can't. I don't. I'm not sure the actual name of those guns, but they were popular. Yeah. I had many of the orange tipped toy ones when I was a kid for sure. Yeah, probably an Uzi or something. Uzi, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge gun guy, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I like watching people shoot them in movies. I don't have any though. You know. <laughs> And we get uh we get a shot of Arnold. Arnold's in full lumberjack mode. He I don't even know where he's supposed to take place. It's some little mountain town. I don't know. Is he in Colorado Springs? He's he's just carrying. They're getting close ups on his biceps, so so you can just you can see what a a massive man and how beautiful oh, man. this man's physique is. Dude, yeah, he's just he's glistening with sweat. Like carrying. this is prime Arnold. This is prime Arnold too. 
Oh, yeah. It's Arnold uh, arguably at his peak and, yeah, carrying a giant log. And the credits haven't even started yet. No. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, Bill Duke has killed killed a guy, taken out his trash, also drove a, a car salesman through a window, you know, like a show showroom window. And yeah, then we got Arnold, you know, you think someone's about to sneak up on him, but now nah, it's, it's totally his, uh, lovely little daughter, uh, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> now, uh, her claim to fame besides like charmed and being a kid actor is probably dating Corey Haim is probably her claim to fame. Honestly, at this point. Oh uh, yeah, and you know who's the boss? You know she was who's pretty, the boss? Yeah, yeah, of course. She did a lot of direct-to-video sort of, uh, we'll call them Skinamax flicks. You know, and I think she was in one of the Poison Ivy sequels or something like that, right? Oh yeah, they ran like <laughs> a- after Emmanuel three or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> it was definitely definitely stayed up late at at a buddy's place who had HBO or Cinemax or something, and you know. Uh, definitely saw Alyssa Milano in those movies. Let's let's put it that way. One hundred percent. We got the so we get the title credits. We get the cool little eighties, uh, you know, neon commando looking uh, title credit. Uh, James Horner. We got James Horner in for the score, and yeah, uh, basically just plagiarizing his score from Forty Eight Hours, yep. which is what <laughs> which is what he does. He does a lot. I feel like James Horner, it's like people just hire him and he's like, all right, what do I got laying around here? Oh, yeah. I uh, remember that Nick Nolte movie I made. I'm just going to reuse a whole bunch of shit from that. All right. Sounds just, good. <laughs> I didn't realize. I remember when I remember he died, but I didn't realize he died in a plane crash. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's At, that's heavy. In, in 2015, he died of a plane crash. And this is a guy with this is a guy with a, a, a an impressive resume. Yeah. Uh, Oh, albeit, yeah. albeit maybe he he might have went back to the uh, he didn't go back to the to the recording studio too much. He just visited his <laughs> his uh, his file sharing system. But Cocoon, Titanic, Aliens, Avatar, The Grinch, Two Thousand, mm-hmm. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This guy, uh, you know, he, he he did it all. He definitely did, man. Um, yeah, just a heck of a heck of a composer, man. Uh, but yeah, definitely Cribben on his 48 hours score in this movie big time uh you know with those like steel drums and and everything i think it's just got this one has like less saxophone than 48 hours but it's pretty much the same thing it's like you know when the when the metalcore band is on their like sixth album they're like that kind of sounds like the riff from the second album be like yeah but if you slow it down it's super heavy we should try that and that's exactly what happened it's like, I don't think anyone's going to know, you know, when they're like, you know, in the pit, you know, just fucking each other up. Like, they're like, wait, that's the riff from, uh, it's like, you know, pretty soon you're going to, you're going to catch a, catch a, you know, a foot to the face or something anyway. So you're not going to remember. So. You're there for the thrills. You're not there for the intellect. Come on. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Uh, s- something I, I found interesting was this movie was made in 1985, as was Return of the Living Dead, and for some mm-hmm. reason, Arnold has the same haircut Linnea has in Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I, I'm really curious if the hair, does, the, 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 the hair stress, or whatever the hell you call them, <laughs> is the same. They're like, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll, assume, I'll assume that they did uh, Linnea's first, and then they're like, uh, let's... Yeah, give him the Linnea. Give him the... Yeah. 
He's gonna be he's gonna be almost nude, so maybe we can get him on a like a mausoleum slab too. Yeah, you know, we're seeing Linnea's boobs in that movie. We're seeing Arnold's boobs in this movie. You know, it just it just makes sense. You know, they had the same stylist. You know, <laughs> Arnold definitely had uh, C cups for sure. Minimum, uh, yeah. minimum C cups. Yeah, hell, he, had hell, some, he had some biggins. You know, he, as Al Bundy would say. So. Hell, of, hell of a peck game for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Arnold um, has Arnold has my dream home in this. I love this home. I don't know why. It just dude. looks like he looks like it. It, it kind of looks like a better version of Charlie Sheen's home from Beyond the Law. I don't know if you've ever seen Beyond the Law. Oh yeah, you know it. Uh, it, it does. Yeah, it. It's Aztec, a gorgeous home. Yeah, it is. Choose a mountain home. He's he's living my dream life. Honestly, I mean, minus the kid. I don't want ever want kids, but uh, and the uh, so the dude from the doc comes out of nowhere. Because we saw, uh, you know, the we saw the uh, other gentleman, uh, Vernon Wells, who plays Bennett. We saw him uh-huh. make his way out of the with a boat after uh, after Bill Duke uh, stole the caddy. Uh, we see. That's uh, right. So then we see uh, we see the dude from the dock who was Bennett uh, come out of nowhere, and uh, Arnold obviously knows him. John Matrix, hell of a name! Mm-hmm. What a what an action movie star name right there. John it's Matrix. A, it's a gorgeous name. Yeah, and I, I look, I don't want to gloss over this credit sequence though with him <laughs> and his daughter because it is such an amazing montage of like him and his daughter like they're like eating ice cream, feeding a fucking like dough, you know what I mean? Like at one point um and like it, yeah, and she's like messing around with him at one point. And he's like I surrender, I surrender. Oh, you know so, <laughs> You want some ice cream? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Um, Yeah, it's it's such like a nice like heartwarming fucking (laughs) montage to start off this like absolutely brutal fucking movie. You know, like it's it's insane. You're seeing Arnold basically do his best like you know like sitcom dad type acting here in this opening. It's it's insane. So Arnold gets knocked down. He gets tranked. In that scene, he actually has a cut on his head too, and that's a real cut. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, he he cut his head during the. I, I would assume probably not even during that. Probably the ice cream fight with his daughter is probably where he really yeah, cut his head. It was, it was probably during the ice cream fight. Yeah. There's some sharp, there's some sharp froyo going on there. Um, but yeah, no. They, they all of a sudden, it, like like we said, it just. It just kicks off right away. Like he's eating a sandwich with his daughter that he doesn't even know what's in it, but he's just eating it. He's like, what's in this? She's like, you don't want to know. And he's just like, all right, just eats it. And then he's what? Like his old general shows up. Like his old war buddy is like, hey, everybody's some, everyone's killing your old team. Yeah. And then he just like, boom, it, it like that dude leaves and it's just all out fucking mayhem. And I can't stress enough one of my favorite lines in the movie. There's like they they left like a couple like military dudes to protect them, and Arnold, you know, all of a sudden shit breaks loose. The one guy gets shot, and he's like, "Hey, you know, just they're coming downwind," you know. And he's like, "He's like, are you trying to say that I could smell them?" He's like, "You think I could smell them?" He's like, "I did." <laughs> <laughs> they're just. <laughs> it, 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 that's what. This is like these movies. I feel like there's a reason 
that action movies aren't as popular in, say, 2020, 2021 is because in this movie, if you – I was just taking notes. I've seen the movie, Jesus, 25, 30 times in my life, but I was just taking notes, and I – even you lift your head up for a moment, you've already missed, like – I don't want to say – integral plot scene plot points yeah, but but right. you you miss something like oh that, that that fucking guy was there and then he got killed and and then the general came in and he was he was he said something and then it's out and then arnold's already on the move somewhere else and it, yeah. it's a very fast pace film yeah, he's already jumping into a truck with no brakes just <laughs> yeah. careening down like the side of a mountain you know and trying to you know kill these guys that, that stole his daughter yeah i guess we shouldn't gloss over that they they take chinny his daughter jenny but he pronounced it he pronounces it chinny our thick um, austrian accent of course oh yeah uh but yeah you're right bennett shows up vernon wells uh hot off the heels of road warrior uh which is basically why he got cast in the movie he wasn't actually the first actor cast uh it was Wings Hauser was supposed to play Bennett. I don't know if you're familiar with Wings oh, Hauser at all. Of yeah. course. Who isn't, right? I mean, Wings, come on. Um, what a name. He got, what a fucking yeah, name. Right? <laughs> he got fired on the first day, and they brought Vernon Wells in. And that's why the, the, the outfit doesn't really fit Vernon too well. Like, it's a little too tight on Vernon because they didn't have enough time to, to get a different costume for the guy. So... Yeah, that's why he's got a little bit of a got a little bit of a belly going on in this movie. <laughs> F- fucking in Wings was the original originally cast. What a what a cut right there. That that's some that's some info right there. Old Wings Hauser. Yeah, Wings Hauser fired on the first day. It wasn't working. So they're like, "Oh, let's get the guy from Road Warrior." It's like, "All right, let's let's bring him in. See how they're, he does." Yeah, I think it worked out. He's actually I feel like he he isn't given the credit that he deserves because I feel like every time I see that dude on screen, he demands a presence, not even just in this film, but in any film that he's in. I really enjoy him and everything that I've seen that I've seen him in. No, you're absolutely right. He just has a great screen presence and plays a great bad guy. Um in just about anything he's in. It's uh he's great in this movie too. Just this like I don't know. I don't even know how to describe him. Like he, he's kind of like perverted in a way. Like you know, like he like really enjoys killing people. Like he gets some kind of sexual gratification out of it, which like definitely is prevalent towards the end of the movie. But um, and that chainmail vest he's got on. I mean, it's it's classic. It's just totally classic. Oh, it, it's a uh, it's a fashion statement, is what it is. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, Dan Hedaya. Who uh, mm-hmm. this is maybe the earliest film that I have seen him in, as far as like you know films from before. I don't know what, what Adam's Family or or what the fuck else was he in? He was in uh, he, he that in, dude bent everything. Yeah, he was in Blood Simple around this time, which was the first uh, Coen Brothers movie. Um, and he does he does do really good in in that one. But yeah, it's really odd casting choice considering uh, that they have him playing some sort of like Colombian former uh, dictator dictator. Yeah, from the fictional country of Valverde, which uh, <laughs> they made up. Yeah, Valverde. Uh, I guess Joel Silver liked using that. He he reused it again in 
uh, Predator and in Die Hard 2 as well. Like, all the guys come from Valverde, which is not a country. Yeah, I guess it, it was... <laughs> It's the it's the action movie equivalent to Shermer High. Exactly. Yeah, Shermer, Illinois. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's where all the bad guys come from. Valverde. So. So they they got Arnold. They're trying to they they obviously have his daughter hostage. So they're trying to cut cut a deal. They want Arnold to go in there and kill this you know uh, president uh, dict uh, leader whatever you want to call it of the fictional country country of, of Valverde. Uh, and uh, something I I don't know if you picked up on this, but there are several Terminator quotes in this film. Yes, there is. Yeah, and Terminator, I believe was it was a pretty big hit around this time. It, it, video, I think, to, at that point too. Yeah, it was probably on video. It did. I mean, pretty good at the box office. And yeah, he was smart enough to bring back his "I'll be back" line and. Uh, we got Even, fuck you uh, asshole. Yep, yeah, fuck you asshole. Uh, wrong as well. Like when you know the one guy's like, "You're gonna play ball, right?" He's like, "Wrong," and just like <laughs> fucking shoots the dude. Um, yeah, he was. I don't know. Pretty smart to to you know realize uh, the Cash sort of staying power of those catchphrases. Yeah. Even before that, because I feel like for me, like I didn't see the first, I think the first Arnold movie I probably saw was Terminator 2, like on video in the early 90s. But I feel like that, the power of I'll Be Back, I feel like didn't come into like pop culture. Maybe, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't in the theater in 84, so I don't know if like it was that popular but I, I for me like i saw it in terminator 2 first and then like i feel like right around there because like encino man came out in 92 a year after t2 and they're dropping out yeah. I'll, I'll be back in that so i felt like around the second time like the second film maybe that became popular but was it popular that's a, that's i guess my thought process is was this was were those lines those catchy lines like popular then were kids in Shermer high going through and saying, I'll be back. <laughs> like, were they that I, popular? So Arnold's like, Oh, I, I got to put them in. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to say it. The kids need to learn. They need to <laughs> learn my line. Um, yeah. Like I think it was, dude, I think I'll be back was, was pretty popular even before T2. I mean, he used it in just about every action movie, uh, that he was in at the time. I know he definitely uses it in this one. Uh, he definitely says it in, in The Running Man. Um, I'm not sure about Predator. I don't think he says it in that or Total Recall. But I think um, he drops it in True Lies. Yeah, he de- I, I would imagine he dropped it in that one. Because that was definitely sort of like a winking at the audience role for him, that movie. Oh, yeah. The, the Cameron um, collab again as well. So. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, no, he was smart enough to bring it back. And this was definitely, Commando was the second appearance of I'll Be Back. But he says it to Bennett, right? He's like, I'll be back, Bennett. Yep. <laughs> so he's off to the he's off to the, the, the races with these, uh, you know, he's on the plane with this ragtag mercenary that he fucking kills mm-hmm. on the plane. And then has a, a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible type escape. <laughs> where he makes his way out to the, where the wheels are before they come up, hangs on the wheel, and then drops himself into the bayou. And I love how, like, <laughs> nobody is concerned on this aircraft what Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing. Like, he 
He murders a man sitting right next to him, like snaps his neck. <laughs> tell, and I even covers his tracks. He tells the, the flight attendant, he's like, don't do not disturb my friend. He is dead, dead tired. tired. <laughs> it's amazing. The one liner, like, man. Uh, the, the fucking I love the, the the flight attendant who comes over to him is like, hey, sir, we're about to take off. You need to take your seat. And he just like literally he just like grabs his stomach. He's just like, I'm air sick. It's like <laughs> you haven't even left the. You're not in the air. Like you're not. She doesn't say anything. She's just you like, are. All right, you are. Yeah. You aren't pulling that shit on American Airlines in 2021. I'll tell you that. They'll, they'll no, no. They'll just kick your ass right. Oh off. yeah. The, yeah. The, air, the air marshal will escort you right off the plane. Yeah, no, like, you ain't taking. A, you're sitting in your seat. You ain't taking no shit. I'm air sick, and then he just goes back and finds his way like into the like mechanics of this aircraft, and yeah, what just basically dives off it into a swamp. Like it's <laughs> it's incredible, man. I mean, it and some some really great killer shots too of him. Oh, beautiful shots. Yeah, just like hanging off the wheel of this this airplane. It's uh. It's really intense, man. Really uh, intense. I, I talk about it with horror films a lot, but I think to a large degree it, it goes for action films as well. I think a lot of critics in the 80s and stuff write these movies off as kind of stupid and and B-rated and just like for like a dumb audience, which to a degree mm. could, may be a fair assessment sometimes. But there's a lot of like beautiful like action sequences, beautiful shots, just fun and enticing and engaging scenes that are shot in these action films, specifically in the 1980s, that I think get glossed over because, it, it, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, Rolling Stone magazine, like uh, trashing Pretty Hate Machine when it came out. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? And then like you're, you know, and, but it, the only difference is in hindsight now, Rolling Stone praises Nine Inch Nails. But I feel like they're still looked as like goofy because of the lines and stuff like that, the one-liners and stuff. But these films are always – they always – most of them. I mean there's a, definitely a, a category of films that aren't self-aware. But this film mm-hmm. feels really self-aware. Oh, yeah. And it's like – it's self-aware without being like, oh, well, this doesn't have to look good because right. you know, a, a, B, and C. It's like, no, we're going to make this look – fucking fantastic and and do some intense stunts and and pyrotechnics and things and yeah i guess it's a good time to mention that like arnold did most of his stunt work in this movie they couldn't find a stuntman that you know looked the part that looked like arnold so a lot of these stunts he did and there's one coming up here like where he runs outside i think it's at the airport or i can't i can't remember if it's at the mall he straight up gets hit by a car. Like, I mean, yeah. he gets hit by a car. I watched it last night again, and it was one of those stunts I never really noticed, and I, I had to rewind it because I was like, is that a stunt guy there? And I'm like, no, that's Arnold. He just got fucking hit by a car, like literally. L- Linnea hair and all. Yeah, Linnea hair and everything, man. He's <laughs> flopping all over the pavement. I mean, just it was – it's crazy. And it's just – so we get this crazy unrealistic uh, escape – out of the plane, which was just awesome, like we said, beautifully shot. We have uh, David Patrick Kelly, uh, most famously oh, yeah. from The Warriors, playing Sully in this. Mm-hmm. And what a and, uh, you know also memorable from face! Forty-eight of hours too. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know he's back, you know, with the same soundtrack. It's, it's great. <laughs> 
I'm sure he talked to him and Horner were probably boys, and he's just like, you know, I really like that 48 hours score. He's like, yeah. really, really? I mean, I'll, I'll go. I'll see what I can do. See yeah, let me can... see if I can find. It. I got an eight track here somewhere with it on. I can cut that up and I'll, I'll send it over to Fox, and we'll, we'll be done. We'll just go have some beers. Yeah. Easy, easy money. <laughs> so we get introduced to. Uh, one of my actually, she seems like a, an unsung uh, hero in 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 some films. Uh, I'm a big fan of her, uh, Ray Don Chong, Tommy Lee Chong's yeah. daughter. Uh, had a hell. I think she's. I love everything I've seen her in. I'm a huge fan of The Principal. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh uh, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Love love her in that. I feel like she was just Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, she's another one. She's she's in. She's definitely in the uh, Vernon Wells category where you don't see her in a crazy. She doesn't have a crazy filmography, but every time I see her, I'm like, wow, I I actually really enjoy her. Yeah, and like very interesting role for the time too because she's not really like a love interest. You know, I, I guess they did film like a sex scene or a love scene, but it didn't end up making the picture. Yeah, it was too awkward and, or there's something they said. It just didn't fit with the picture. Yeah, and, and you know, she's not really damsel in distress too much, and she also doesn't, like, team up with him at, like, the finale. So it's it's an interesting character because you would think, you know, all those kind of cliche beats that she should hit would be in the movie, but but they're not. You know, she kind of she kind of holds her own and... Uh, really, really awesome role. Um, and I read too that, uh, the reason she got the part, I guess there was a deleted scene, uh, in the script. I don't know if they ever shot it where, uh, Matrix finds, uh, like a dildo or something in her handbag and like <laughs> asks her about it. And I guess, you know, the line she was supposed to say was like, oh, well it gets lonely on the road. Cause she's a flight attendant or something like that. <laughs> and she was like, I'm not going to say that line because it's stupid. So, like, when she went into the audition, she was just like, that's not mine! And it was, like, really funny, and it made everybody laugh. So that's how she got the part. Yeah, because yeah. it was writ- written for, uh, you know, like a white girl. And, yeah, she she came in, made them laugh, and they were like, boom, you got the part. Yeah. Done, done deal. And what, what I love about her character in this is she has this uh, – what I like to call the positive hostage situation where you get taken hostage against your will, but then you're kind of like either you start, you instantly get invested. Like she has no reason. She's telling someone on the phone (laughs) as, as Sully is like trying to bug her is she's telling someone on the phone that she likes them a lot. And all of a sudden she's just like, well, fuck. I mean, I'm already in this. I might as well help this guy find his daughter. I'm all in. Like, I feel like so many people, I mean, maybe I, I guess if I'm ever in that situation, I'm gonna have to do the Ray Don Chong and just yeah. be like, I, "I'm in, man. Let's fucking let's go get this guy." Yeah, let's let's go get Chinny. You know, what I mean, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's get her. Yeah, she's awesome and uh, provides a, a decent amount of comic relief. You know, she's a little bit of like the audience surrogate for a decent amount of the of the movie, where you know she's basically reacting to everything that's going on around her, and it's uh, yeah, I, I think it's an it's an awesome role it's she's she's great in it and yeah it's so funny too with with sully you know david patrick kelly being like this like you know he's he plays the perfect weasel but again like i I, you know i don't like to make make fun of people's height and things like that but 
I mean, this dude is so tiny. Like, honestly, Radon, she could have whooped this guy's ass. You know oh, I mean? <laughs> easily. He is not intimidating in the least. Yeah, like, he's he's a small man. You know, I, I think Radon could have could have fucked him up. So, I don't oh, know. 100%. Something mm-hmm. I, I love, though, we get the, like, the mall scene uh, where he, uh, you know, he, he sees that, uh, you know, Matrix, Matrix is still alive. And yeah. his instinct, I love this, and it's such a sign of the times, and it's so great. He's fucking, like, scrambling for a quarter so he can go to the phone booth and make the fucking call. <laughs> I need a quarter! Like, yeah, he's like, give me a fucking quarter. Give me a quarter. He's trying to get a, a quarter off of Radon. And, yeah, he runs to the phone booth, which Arnold ends up picking up and just, like, smashing onto the floor of the mall. Uh, which is the Sherman Oaks uh, Galleria, I believe, where a lot of a lot of movies were shot, like Chopping Mall and, coincidentally enough, uh, Terminator Two. Oh yeah, uh, that's well, that's what's uh, so great. It's so great to see, like, to bring it back because it immediately brings me back uh, to those times. Like, I grew up. I mean, even in the you know the mid '90s and stuff, even until the late '90s and early 2000s, there were still phone booths. And that I feel like there would be so much less internet drama. You can have the internet, have the internet, have social media. But if we didn't have cell phones and you still had to go make calls, and oh, yeah. you needed you needed a quarter to go do it, I feel like there'd be less drama. People wouldn't sweat the small stuff. I mean, unless you know some guy that you thought was going on a plane out to kill the president uh you know dictator to and then you saw that he's alive yes that then that's i need a fucking quarter yeah that's the i need a fucking quarter moment but yeah no exactly yeah i mean if it weren't for cell phones i'm sure roseanne Barr would still be on tv so yeah yeah, sure 100 percent sully could have just texted him be like yo this motherfucker is not on the plane (laughs) yeah end of movie jenny's dead and yeah that would be it you know so yeah cell phones have uh kind of ruined plots like this for sure so yeah it's, it, it's it, nice to see the old phone booth back in action in this uh, simpler times mm-hmm. and and radon chong fully committed at this point she's like i'm i'm in let's go i'm flight attendant gear and everything the entire film i don't care let's, yeah, I mean, let's... she does try to rat him out there at the mall you know she she's having second thoughts you know at first and so we got we are off uh to the races once again so they are we're out of the mall they're in her car sully makes the escape in a in a yellow porsche yeah and (laughs) (laughs) they're in they're in radon chong's uh uh red vehicle i'm I'm not sure what vehicle that is but they are convertible uh, yeah and and they uh they they catch up to sully and this is the most casual car crash of all time right yeah it's just like kind of a thrilling car chase here you know definitely some close calls but yeah they end up was he just like like plow into the side of that porsche and then it's just like tip it over and they hit the they hit the pole i'm really impressed with how hard even on film they hit the it seemed at least that they hit the the pole with the with the red car because arnold just immediately gets out like i have literally just slid a little bit on the road and I freak out. I couldn't imagine just hitting a pole and just be like, it's the most casual thing ever. Yeah. And he goes to radon. He's like, he's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. uh, she doesn't even really answer me. He's like, you're fine. And then he like, yeah. gets up and it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. You know, 
Um, but yeah, arguably one of the best uh, sort of kills, I guess you could call it in this movie, because, I mean, let's face it, John Matrix basically turns into Jason Voorhees uh, towards the end of this movie. I mean, he is just... He there is a huge body count in this fucking movie. Yeah, it's like one oh one hundred and two people, I think, or something like that. It's a crazy, it's a crazy kill count. It's insane, but yeah, just hangs Sully over the cliff, uh, <laughs> trying to get some information out of him. And uh, yeah, the line was like, "Remember Matrix? You told me you would kill me last." Or he say, "Oh, oh yeah, wait, it's Arnold." He's like, "Remember I said I'd kill you last." He's like, "Yeah, Matrix, you did." I lied, <laughs> and then boom, just drops that little man off a cliff into the abyss down there. Um, it's it's insane. And then I love Radon. You know, she's like, "Well, what happened? What'd you do with Sully?" I let him go. <laughs> <laughs> I let him go. It's brilliant. It, it, it really is. It's just, it, it's that, like, it's just easy, enjoyable fun that mm. is just, I mean, it's 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 hard to deny uh, the, e- the ease of the watch, uh, for sure. We get a face-off with Cook at the motel. Uh, Cook shows up, and uh, I love this fight. I it's, love it's Radon awesome. Chong's. She's given the Jim Ross commentary <laughs> yes. at, as they're going at it. She's like, ah, too much red meat, this macho bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. And then you have to have the 80s staple where they're in this like hotel, this like motel area, and they plow through like the sort of adjoining door. You know how like uh, you know certain hotel rooms connect. And they plow in there, and of course, there's like a couple like having sex. You know what I mean? We get like, you know, our token '80s boobs here for all the little kids at home. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> that quick, that quick shot. And if you notice, there's like a video camera set up on the side. Like they were totally trying to make their own uh, amateur porn in that uh, <laughs> in that hotel room, man. It's pretty funny. I I, I wonder if. Uh... If Mark Lester, the uh, the director, is talking with Arnold, and that was a last minute thing or not, because Arnold's like, "We take out the dildo scene, we take out the sex scene. You, you need to get the boobs in the next room, yeah. Mark." He's like, "We got that boobs in the movie. I make it so they're they're taping themselves. You know, they're having sex. Yes, we interrupt it. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's uh." It's pretty incredible. I mean, like, and they couldn't have found, I mean, like, this woman has, has enormous boobs. I mean, like, it is, I mean, oh, the 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah. Simpler times all around. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's pretty brilliant. What's funny about that scene to me, too, is, like, okay, so he ends up, yeah, he beats the shit out of Cook. You know, I mean, there's there's a great line about, you know, Cook says something about how he used to be a Green Beret. And, you know, of course, Matrix is like, he's like, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now I'm very hungry, you know, and, like, <laughs> fighting, ends up impaling we- Cook, like, on a piece of wood from one of the, I don't know, structures in this in this motel that they've damaged. I mean, it is like a an 80s horror-style kill with Cook here. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, he, he staked him like a fucking presidential election sign. It's insane, and what's funny to me is the couple that was having sex there, 
no reaction from them. I mean, you don't hear the woman screaming, anything, and they just like nonchalantly walk out of the hotel room, get into Cook's car, and just take off. Like, again, oh, the 80s. I love it. Yeah, they they had to have been near or arriving at climax, so that's probably why they're just like, all right, well, it's I, always I like awkward think, after after the pop. Yeah, like I, I like to think they finished up. You know, they were yeah. like, well, this guy is already dead, so I mean, we can at least finish our business. Let's finish the video. You know, let's talk a hell of a climax, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's finish the video here, and then we'll call the police afterwards. You know. <laughs> And we got uh, – so all roads lead to the Patria uh, establishment, which is what, – what the hell is this building, this Patria Enterprises or whatever the hell it is? Yeah, they, somehow uh, they decide to go here. I think – didn't they find something in Cook's uh, hotel room or something? Yeah. something to do with like an airstrip or a landing strip or something that – uh, like it's a fuel station or something that leads them there. I don't know. They they end up heading there, and uh, basically some more more fighting and and carnage ensues. They they end up deciding to what like to steal a a plane, right? Yep, yep. They get the plane. They get a ton, bunch of weapons. We get, of course, the iconic rocket launcher. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We can't gloss over that. Like they do load up. Like Arnold steals some construction equipment, like some bulldozer bulldozes a local you know army surplus store or weapons <laughs> gala or whatever it is and they start loading shopping carts up with you know a, a, enough ammo to start world war three here and yeah Arnold ends up getting caught by the police right like they they show up and ray dawn gets her like moment to shine she uses that fucking rocket launcher uh, to blow up the the police van, which somehow Arnold is is left unscratched from this. <laughs> oh yeah, well one, why are the police carrying just one guy around in a paddy wagon like it's nineteen fifty five? Yeah, right. <laughs> Two, fuck those cops because those cops. Radon Chong just pulls up next to him. And he's like, ah, a hooker, not bad. Yeah, immediately like, oh yeah, hooker. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's into you, bro. You know, definitely that whole that whole vibe. You know, but Radon Chong's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll use a rocket launcher. Like, why not? I mean, there's it's a great scene too because she she has it backwards at first, so she blows up like two cars like behind her, then flips it around and and blows the truck up. It's it's fucking awesome, man. And even when she does rescue Matrix again a great one-liner from radon where he's like he's like how did you know how to use the rocket launcher and she's, <laughs> like, she's like i read the instructions because <laughs> oh, right? guys don't read instructions her, her, you know like one of that old she joke. can she can figure out how to use the uh rocket launcher but she cannot get the the plane boat started <laughs> yeah, the plane he works boat. every time yeah. when he fucking it just punches it and it starts up and we yeah. get a little military air traffic uh, control cameo from Ooh. old Bill fucking Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton is back. I mean, he showed up in Terminator, so you knew he had to show up in, in something else with Arnold in it. And yeah, he's uh, get a little cameo in, in here from, 
from Bill Paxton himself. Always great to see him show up in movies. I, I love just, it. Just, just, uh, uh, just a staple of like awesomeness is having Bill Paxton in your in your film. Such a tragedy that he died uh, just a few years ago. It, it, literally, just it, 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 it. I'm telling you right now, it it sucked the shit right out of my ass when that happened. It just, it was not fucking. It's not cool to know that we don't have Bill Paxton anymore. Uh, I'll totally agree with that, man. Yeah, it's he was such a good dude, and um, it was just always a pleasure to see him show up in movies. So yeah, it's definitely a huge loss for for everybody. Now we're just lucky he had a pretty healthy body of work that we can all look back on and, and enjoy. So yeah, yeah. Re- re- really uh, tragic. I, I listened to he was on this podcast. Uh, this guy is a comedian named Dean Del Rey and he was on like a month before his heart surgery and he was saying how really how nervous he was for heart surgery and then he ends up ends up passing away from complications of the heart surgery it was just it was so tragic terrible I know it's it sucks man yeah he was such a good dude man left yeah. left a hell, hell of a filmography though and uh I mean he's one of the most revered like when you see Bill Paxton, even for really casual fans, especially of '80s and '90s films, as soon as they see him, I feel like people are familiar with him, even if they don't know his name. The real ones know his name, but even people that are casual, they're like, "Oh shit, that's the Game Over guy from Aliens." Yeah, they're like Game Over guy, or oh, it's Chet from Weird Science, yeah, exact- or whatever. Oh, you know. What what a uh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. What a what a what a amazing amazing talent. I know. I know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's it, I honestly kind of forgot he was in this. And then I was same, dude, it. I, I haven't yeah. seen it in so long, probably like 10, 15 years and, and popped it on. And immediately I was like, oh, that's right. Old Billy's in it. Yeah, he's in there just hamming it up as a air traffic controller or something like that. Um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's like a small scene, but it just it just classes the movie up a little bit you know really really does so we got full command they get to the island or the the little the 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 faux country of valverde valverde uh, and we got he's full well first he's in his speedos and he's got Dude. a he's got a he's got a canoe over to the to shore yeah he's got a canoe that he's he's you know he's in and he's got a canoe for for some some underwear he's got a banana hammock going on here and yeah, it's uh, again, holy crap, Arnold Schwarzenegger, man, that dude, he had a body, man, that's for sure. <laughs> you ain't kidding, man. Well, maybe the the most uh, American physique of all time. When you you say the most famous physique of all time, Arnold's is, I think it's numero uno. It's it really is. It really is, man. And yeah, I love this sort of gearing up scene. Or he's, you know, Full commando gear now. Got yeah. everything. What do you? Where do you have it? You have it in just a pack. He's like, I got to put it on my face. They get the the stripes and exactly. the hull, the the vest. And it's, in, it's in my canoe here. I got yeah. to put it on. I'm going to battle. I got to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's just. It's just. It's. It's awesome. It's, it's such a great. I, I love '80s montages. So. Oh, just, we get one. And it's so great. Yeah, just seeing him gear up, and yeah, this scene is insane. I mean, so many people die. There's so much carnage. carnage, and this is exactly what we're talking about. I mean, he literally turns into Jason Voorhees in this scene. I mean, so much shit blows up, and 
you know what? Just a little behind the scenes about this. I guess during production, uh, one of the producers saw a sneak preview of Rambo uh, First Blood Part 2. And they were like, oh, my God. Because apparently, as written, he was only supposed to kill, like, a few people here, like, a few guards, like, nothing crazy. And they were like, literally, the quote is, we got to have a bigger dick than Rambo. I mean, we we got to <laughs> we gotta one-up these, these guys. So then they just decided to, yeah, have, like, a hundred guys, you know, come after him and die and reusing the same stuntmen multiple times like they would have these guys like put a different hat on or put a mustache put a wig on um yeah it's it's really an incredible scene and yeah even like i I, the most notable part is when he gets into that like work shed or whatever it is uh work shed um he gets in there and you know he's using like buzzsaw blades to like you know basically scalp people <laughs> which is um, a, uh, that and the guy gets his arm cut off they they really were like they they spent a little extra time to be like okay we need we need a couple brutal elements during this to really and it had to have been to, to rival to rival uh first blood part two yeah no and he's using like a pitchfork at one point and impales a guy with it uh, but yeah, you you mentioned the 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 guy who he literally lops his arm off. Um, <laughs> originally, Arnold wanted to beat the guy to death with the arm, and you know, the studio was like, nah. "Talk about Jason Ask, right there." Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is like, you know, Jason Voorhees in the scene. It's 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 insane. It's I want to so see the fun. two. I want I want to see the two and a half hour Commando cut with Arnold beating a guy to death with his own arm. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I I wish we had it. It might be on the cutting room floor somewhere. Although I think that they were like immediately like, no, like we're not <laughs> Arnold. No, you're not beating a guy to death with his <laughs> severed arm. Uh, yeah, but oh, imagine if we would have got that. I mean, come on. I mean, it's brutal oh, enough as it is, but yeah, you know. So we get uh, Radon Chong's on the the horn to. Uh, Colonel Kirby or or whatever the hell his uh, his rank is and lets him know, you, you know the the situation and we yeah. got like I said we got at this point it's total carnage. All, I love the imagery though of him walking through like a rose garden of this estate. Yeah, and just notice, like mowing guys down. Do you notice the location down. here? Do you notice the location? It's totally the same place they shot the end of like Beverly Hills Cop and so a great. other action movies, but. Yeah, it's totally the same mansion uh, from the end of Beverly Hills Cop, which is hilarious to me. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, you're right. He's, he's running through a rose garden just like, you know, with like a fucking minigun, basically. Just like <laughs> fucking uh, annihilating people. I mean, so much carnage here. It's, it's so over the top, but it just works. It's so fun, man. It's so it- fun. It's a it's a blast, and I mean it's so. I do like that they they let him kill Arius first, and let the final battle be with uh, Bennett, uh, oh, yeah. with Vernon Wells instead of Dan Hedaya. Nothing against Dan Hedaya, but that would have just been uh it would have been like a just a limp dick climax. So we 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 wanted Arnold and and Vernon Wells for sure. Oh yeah, and like look, we shouldn't gloss over like when he does kill Dan Hedaya. 
it's a fucking great like window fall like kill like he blasts oh, yeah. him with a machine gun yeah riddled, riddled him right fall and like right out the back of like a giant glass window it's it's a thing know, of beauty I, is what I, it I miss is. that like i feel like in the 80s and early 90s there was so much broken glass in movies you know like people oh that was the glass windows. the glass budget was like <laughs> it was right up there with with the the fucking the like uh, fedora budget for the nightmare films exactly yeah like you don't get a whole lot of broken glass in movies these days and i miss it you know let's bring back window falls and and people flying through windows and crashing through you know glass partitions and things i i, I need that i need more of it in my life the the glass uh, the climax for uh the movie Stone Cold at the Capitol building. There is so much broken glass. It oh, is yeah. so satisfying. That's one of my favorite films of all time. Like, I, I have, dude, I have, uh, well, while we we're talking about it, I was at a, I don't know if you're familiar, are you familiar with the hardcore band 25 to Life? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, perfect. So, you know that the singer is a little bit of a wackadoo, Rick to yeah. Life. <laughs> yeah. So, that dude, a couple years ago, my, uh, my best friend, Eric, is, uh, he lived down in Abingdon, Maryland, about a half hour outside of Baltimore. And about, I can't remember what the little town was, but there was this huge flea market in Baltimore. So he brought us there once and we're looking around. One, Rick to Life is selling an insane amounts of bootleg rock and hardcore and punk shirts with his son, <laughs> teenage son. And he's haggling. He sold me a typo negative shirt that was dry rotted. Uh, I literally, I, dude, I literally put it on and my arms went through the sides like some fucked up goddamn Red and Stimpy cartoon. That's but the, the, the glory to that was at that fl- same flea market that first time we went, because we returned several times, I found, and I will send a picture of it after we get off uh, our pod episode here, of a commando flag, a oh. flag with Arnold from Commando on it. Dude. I found it there. That's for ten dollars, that's a flag I can get behind. You know, so I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you. And I was like, I have it hanging in my uh, in my uh, headquarters right here. I, I'm gonna have to send you a picture of that. But Please. I have a huge I have a huge Stone Cold Columbia Pictures vinyl banner that they hung outside the thing, and it says, you know, Brian Bosworth is Stone Cold. Oh yeah, uh, the boss so, man can't go wrong. Oh, no, no. So that's uh, my 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 fandom for Stone Cold aside. Uh, like I said, we get a great kill for Arius here, and we get the showdown with Vernon Wells, and we get the tagline. And taglines are so important for '80s and '90s movies, and it's a lost art. Ben, yeah. why are taglines null and void? They're so unimportant to films now. When I feel like you know, aliens. Uh, this time it's war. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. You know, Pet Cemetery 2, raise some hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know, it's just the, it, the tagline in this, there, there's a couple for this one, but the one on the poster is Let's Party. We get that line in the showdown with Vernon Wells. Why do you think taglines are just not important anymore? You know, man, it's just because everything is like just up its own ass these days. You know, nobody, true, everybody takes themselves too seriously, especially filmmakers. And yeah, they just, I think it's seen as like, you know, cliche or, you know, hokey, like, like I don't cheap, know. cheap seats or whatever. But I, I love it. Yeah. I, I wish they would bring that kind of stuff back. 
Um, one of the latest examples that I've seen of it is that you, have you, are you familiar with this guy Robert uh, Bronzy? He's like a he looks like Charles Bronson, and they keep like casting him in things. Um, really, based, based on the fact that he just looks like Charles Bronson. What Charles Bronson? <laughs> so he's just like doing a bunch of these like direct-to-video action things, and there's one called The Gardener that's coming out. It's literally I'm not shitting you. It's called The Gardener which I guess is supposed to be a play on like the mechanic from Charles Bronson, but there is a tagline on it. It says your ass is grass. And I was like, all right. Oh my God. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I I showed it to Greg the other day, uh, my co-host on neon brainiacs. And he was like, Oh God. Like he rolled his eyes and I was like, dude, it's incredible. (laughs) I mean, it's called the gardener. Like, come on. Like I, I honestly, I, I probably would not watch that movie when it came out. But because of that tagline, yeah, now I got to see it. Now I got to see it. Yeah. I feel like your ass is grass should have been the tagline for the lawnmower, man. Yeah, it should have been, you know? (laughs) Like, come on. Yeah, dude, I'm 100% with you. Bring back the tagline, folks. Get fucking, man, get out of your own fucking asses, people, you know? Fucking. I don't know. It just just added, I feel like, because maybe it's because the 80s, the 90s, the theater going, you know, theater, especially now after the pandemic, the theater going is kind of like going wayward. It has been going wayward, except for like the big, uh, you know, Marvel movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just, there isn't like that fun element. I feel like that made movies fun. And I feel like a lot of movies now are, they don't want to be fun. I think they want to be more serious. And and, and even like with... Um, like comedy movies and stuff like that. I feel like there aren't really like taglines for like even these raunchy comedy movies that came out from, you know, 2000 to, uh, well, you know, actually I, I won't do that. Like, uh, you know, American pie came out in 99. I mean, granted it was 99, but like, you know, I think the tagline for that was nothing's as great as your first piece or something yeah. like that. It's a great, and that's a great tagline. I mean, I don't, you know, <laughs> however you feel about the American Pie pictures, like, I mean, I like them. You know, I don't give a shit, but like. I'm a, I'm a fan too. Yeah, I mean, they're great. I, I, you say that to some people now, and they're like, oh, those dumb movies. Like, dude, they were fun. They were fun movies. They didn't take themselves seriously, and, and you laughed. And so, yeah, I, I think that's honestly what's missing from a lot. I mean, you're, you're seeing more and more of it in the indie community. At least, you know, myself being in that world, I see, you know, people, you know, uh, doing more stuff based on, you know, movies they saw as a kid and things like that. So I I think you're going to see a a resurgence of that. I I think we're just in this weird period now where, you know, everything's a dark reimagining of whatever. And it's just it's all up its own ass. And like, you know, some of it's fine. I mean, I, I like a lot of things that come out. And I don't like a lot of things that come out too, but you know, it's it's everything comes in cycles. You know, I I think I think we're 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 due for some some good taglines again. For for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, we have to be at this point. I mean, I think we need to. We've been through the most tumultuous tumultuous, uh, you know, crazy, insane time of everyone's lives at this point now it's time to go go back we need to go back we need to be lighthearted. we need to have fun at movies we need to take the piss out of ourselves we need to not take everything so serious you know things are hopefully going to start rolling in the the right direction and and god damn it i think it should start with fucking taglines 2021 is the return of the tagline i hope yeah it, it might have something to do with streaming too because 
you know, oh, streaming. for sure. You don't need you don't yeah. they don't need to sell the movie. Yeah, it's it's like you get the little box with like half of the poster in it or whatever. So I mean, I guess maybe it's it was it's part of the like sort of the lost art of uh, the the movie poster. You know, that was a lot of the reason people went to see movies back in the day. You know, I read an article a while back that was like, yeah, most theater goers. Uh, go to the theater not even knowing what they're going to see. They just go based right. on the poster. So, you know, may- maybe it has something to do with that. But, yeah, I, I'm i with you, man. Yeah, I bring it back. And this one's got a great one, man. Let's party, right? And Let's this, party. This movie is a party. I mean, it's, it, it's exactly what it is, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfect, uh, you know, you're hanging out with your buddies. Uh, you got some people over, you know, a six pack and a pizza kind of movie. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it truly is. Yeah. It's, and I feel like these movies are always that experience. Like, no offense to like some of the comedies that have come out or anything like that, but like, they aren't like as much of an event. Whereas, you know, these films we could go and revisit, but like, if you find two or three friends and they're going to come over and they've never seen Commando, and you got a pizza, you got some drinks, you got something going on, you're just chilling. You're going to have a goddamn blast watching this film. You're going to have a blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my filmmaker buddies, Blake O'Donnell, um, I remember, I can remember the day I showed him Commando. Like, no joke. I was like, <laughs> I was like, have you ever seen Commando? And he's like, no. And, that, and you know, you immediately are like, oh, oh, all right. Okay. All right, dude. Yeah. Friday night, you're coming over. We are drinking some beers, and I'm throwing on Commando. And, I mean, he was a changed man after that. Yeah, I mean, you're just – this movie does that to you for sure. Well, if not, if if, if uh, puberty wouldn't put hair on your chest, this movie would. <laughs> yes. It's, you know, this final – we get this – to wrap up the film, we get this yeah. final uh, scene with Bennett in, in Matrix. He gets a pipe through his chest. Steam's coming out of it. A brilliant shot. And, of course – the final one-liner, he's letting off some steam. He's like, let off some steam. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to gloss over the fact that, yeah, he, you know, obviously Bennett has a gun. You know, he could just end John Matrix right then and there. Yep. You know, like, he could do it. But again, he's got this, like, weird, like, sexual gratification from killing somebody with a knife you know doing it with his bare hands or whatever and arnold you know leads him into this you know he's like come on bennett you know you want to look into my eyes as you kill me i know you do right yeah and yeah he basically i don't know kind of blue balls him a little bit into you know having a fist fight you know and it's yeah it's pretty wild i mean i don't know if i've ever seen that in a movie before or since you know like it's it's strange you know like i mean the guy could end the movie i mean he could just be like all right nah you know what i'm not i don't feel like getting a boner so yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna shoot you you know i mean he could have honestly done that and he didn't you know so it's it's weird but it strangely works and it everything with this movie anything nothing seems all the pieces just fell into place for this movie. Yeah. They really did. And I have to mention, too, how happy uh, Jenny, you know, played by the uh, Alyssa Milano there, how happy she is to see her father murder this man. I mean, it's it's also a little disturbing, but I love it. You know, (laughs) 
She, oh, yeah. She's hard as fuck. She's listening yeah. to 25 to Life, actually. Yeah. I mean, she's a 25 to Life fan for life, you know, after, oh, oh, yeah. after seeing her father somehow throw a steam pipe through a man's body, which then, you know, lets off some steam, as uh, as John Matrix says. So it's... It's great. And, yeah, of course, we cut to the end where, you know, General Kirby wants to bring Arnold back into the fold. And he's like, no chance. He takes one look at Radon Chong, all wet, you know, waiting for him to get on that plane with her. And he's like, nah, I'm going to go have some fun with her and and live out the rest of my life eating frozen yogurt with my daughter here. So uh, no chance. Yeah. Single dad, too. They don't touch upon the mother at all. Single dad. Yeah, I I think there was a deleted scene about where the mother went, something like that, but I don't know if we ever got it. But, yeah, weirdly enough, too, there was supposed to be a sequel for this movie. I have the script for Commando 2. Um, It's pretty cool, uh, but Arnold ended up uh, turning it down to do Total Recall, so I can't be totally mad at that decision. Yeah, You know, know, we get, yeah, definitely not. Total Recall, another classic. This movie released October 4th, 1985, a 90-minute runtime, budget of $9 million, made $57.5 million. Uh, So a success, made its money back uh, multiple times over. And what a... What a classic, uh, Commando! I I can't uh, I can't implore anyone to uh, I I can't implore someone enough to go watch this. But since you and Greg rate movies on uh, on your show, I want to hear Ben Deedle's rating on Commando. Are we doing out of ten? Like out, out of, of 10. ten? All right. Um, this is a solid nine for me, man. Uh, Fuck yeah. I I love this movie. It's near perfect. Um, really the only things that like bring it down are, you know, Dan Hedaya's sort of like now in the 2021 realm, like racist performance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, for sure. It's a little uncomfortable to watch in 2021. Um, but that's really about it. I mean, it's a perfect action movie. It gives you everything you could ask for. And arguably i mean you know a lot of people will say like terminator or conan you know like really made arnold a star but i really think it was this one i mean you know like yes of of course you had to have terminator had to have conan and things like that but this is the one that like showed that he could you know play like a guy that has lines you know play a guy who has a daughter you know like play like a normal more man. more of a personality for sure yeah and you know i mean you know i say normal man i mean it's arnold schwarzenegger and you know a lot of people like to be like well he's got this weird accent and like he's super built it's like but that's the point you know isn't that the point of america you know it's like we have all these different walks of life here and people from different areas of the world i mean i think that's amazing that we had this guy with this funny accent you know this giant body who turned out to be you know this amazing american success story and i think this is the movie where it really you know kind of jump-started his his career into you know doing more than just like you know a silent brooding killer type role i mean imagine if he was just well you saw exactly like terminator you know i mean you saw more even with this uh the subsequent films you know 
uh, you know, running man, uh, total recall, yeah. total recall. Like there, his his role in total recall is way expanded, way beyond just playing a generic, uh, you know, one tone Terminator. Oh yeah, I mean, and arguably his best movie, you know, is Total Recall. I fucking adore that film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's this is a pivotal movie for him. You know, a lot of people look at it as like, well, it's just. You know, it's a, the, the, there's not much of a plot here and, and this and that, but uh, this is the one that kind of proved that he was a real movie star. So, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, he's a machine. Oh, he's a barbarian from the past or whatever. You know, like, he's playing a like somewhat regular guy in this. So, uh, yeah, it definitely paved the way for things like uh, Running Man, uh, Red Heat, and, you know, Total Recall, things like that. So... And twins. Yeah, and twins. Yeah, and twins, you know, and I, I just, I love this movie. I, I think it's great. It, like we said a few minutes ago, it's it's just a fun popcorn movie. You know, grab a couple drinks, grab some friends, throw it on. I guarantee you're going to have a good time watching it. So, yeah, solid nine out of ten for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going like eight, eight and a half, nine, like for sure all day. It's just, I mean, the tagline is so fitting let's party because that's exactly what the film is yeah and it paved the way for a lot of movies i mean arguably like this is like the proto taken type story yeah you know what I for mean? sure like daughter's kidnapped he's got to get her back you know it's it's it paved the way for a lot of movies like that so i uh yeah i, I think i just think it's great i think it should be held in high regard uh as far as 80s action movies go 100 percent and uh this uh like i said if you have not seen this film you uh it's your do your due diligence and check this out for yourself for your mind for your love of arnold if you haven't fallen in love with arnold yet watch it you will fall in love with arnold yeah ben to uh to wrap this up let everyone know where they can find neon brainiacs where they what what do you have on the horizon as a filmmaker uh where can they find your films all that laid out for anybody that is uh listening to uh discover neon brainiacs and everything you do film wise awesome yeah um so yeah i'm part of a collective of filmmakers called bpo films that's bpo um you can google us and find us we're on instagram facebook all that uh we are in the midst right now of securing a distribution deal for our latest film uh, called Bergeron Brothers Wedding Videographers. Uh, it's a comedy mockumentary uh, that I'm really proud of. It should be out later this year. And uh, I did, uh, I have another movie coming out that I acted in uh, called The Boonies. Uh, I actually play a bad guy in that. It's coming out April 20th of this year uh, i believe it'll be in like walmarts and on demand things like that I, I actually play a bad guy in it for the first time so i'm really excited about that it's kind of like a wrong turn uh texas chainsaw massacre type movie uh that's called the boonies that's coming out april 20th and um yeah i got a few other movies coming out i don't think those will be out until later next year i know i'm in the the barn part two which is coming out i believe around halloween um very yeah. cool i love the first one yeah if you like the barn i'm sure you're gonna like this one there's a lot of great uh cameos in this including myself <laughs> but um i do have a movie out now it's a uh 
a slasher film called Slaughter Drive, a slasher comedy, which is available uh, just about anywhere you can get movies. I know it's streaming free on Amazon Prime right now if you want to check that out. And uh, as far as the podcast goes, uh, Neon Brainiacs, 80s horror movie uh, podcast. We do a new movie every week. Have a lot of cool guests on, like like Jesse here from Heart God Media. And, um, yeah, you can find that wherever you get podcasts, uh, you know, iTunes, um, Stitcher, anything like that. Uh, every week, Wednesday, new episodes. Yeah, check it out. Very, very cool. Very awesome. Now, uh, for our small but dedicated audience, they are physical movie buyers. So if someone wanted to buy a physical copy of Slaughter Drive, can they find it on Amazon or do you have a web store? Oh, yeah. No, you can you can get a physical copy, uh, I think Blu-ray or DVD on Amazon. Um, a great uh, distributor of SRS Cinema put that out for us. If you want to buy it directly from him, he's got... Uh, copies on VHS. So if you're like a VHS uh, head, um, you can get it there. I believe he's running a pretty decent sale right now. You can get it for, I think, under $10 right now. Um, but yeah, the DVD, if you're an Amazon you know, person, it, it's on there. Um, and yeah, like I said, definitely check out uh, The Boonies. I'm really proud of that performance I did in that. It's coming out in April. And yeah, my, my film uh, Bergeron Brothers Wedding Videographers will hopefully be out uh, sometime this year. So, yeah, just uh, keep an eye on it. Be on the lookout for that, Ben. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, had a complete blast talking 1985's uh, Commando. What a what a great film, and, and I'm glad that uh, you know two fans of the film were able to talk about this and, and keep the legacy of these, uh, these films alive by just uh, discussing it. Yeah, I agree, man. Dude, uh, it was an absolute pleasure coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks. You can check us out on Instagram at HeartGuideMedia, on Twitter at HeartGuideMedia. You can find us on Apple, Google, uh, Stitcher, Host Sites, Anchor. You can check it all out. Uh, you know the deal by now. Uh, let us know what's up. Uh, are you liking? Are you listening? Uh, everything, uh, the kit, the caboodle. Check it out. Check out uh, Neon Brainiacs, everything that Ben plugged. Make sure you go check them out, at Neon Brainiacs, and Ben on Instagram, and all his uh, respective links are, are I'm sure, all uh, prioritized within the bios of uh, the social media sites. So check that out, and thank you for listening to the Heart God Media Podcast. All right, cool.